back, ladies and gentlemen, once again. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I know. I'm not late. I, uh, I, I missed a podcast on Saturday. I know. We'll get into that in a second. Also, we're going to have kind of a schedule update that I am very, very excited to announce. And a very, very important special update. I don't really know how I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, also, we're uh, like, uh, before I like stop the intro, we're also going to look at um, a lot of, not intros, excuse me, um, schedules as well. Kind of the same thing that we were doing last week. Um, I'll also be playing a little bit of the David Cully interview that kind of came out today as well. We'll be taking a look at that. And I mean, again, this is kind of the lull of the uh, the NFL season. We're essentially in, officially, the offseason of the NFL, where there's essentially nothing for about two to three months. So, hey, it is what it is. Um, anyways, a lot of stuff to talk about today. I just want to hop right into it. Let's just get started. Fade me out. Fade, uh, give life back to music. by that funk back in, please. course that was the indomitable daft punk give your music and your life give life back to me. anyways um how do i explain it so what's what's this month hold on let me just type in something it's this month right yep yep so this month is mental health awareness month it's May 1st uh, through May 31st, so entire month of May. And the reason why I missed out on um, on yesterday, not yesterday, Saturday's podcast, and why I didn't even try to make up for it was because I had to take a mental health day. And I'm kind of happy that I didn't have to take a mental health day in the sense of like, you know, like last year it was pretty out of control with how bad my mental health had kind of gotten uh, in April of last year, where it was just like, I, like it, it was just, it was just bad, Lord. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. And um, I had to take like weeks off. Like I, it was maybe like one podcast every week or something like that, which essentially accounts for weeks off. And um, like I went for about, I, I'm not about, but for an entire year. And um, you know, without having, you know, a, a, you know, a, a serious bout where I was just like, I, I just, I'm emotionally drained. I don't feel comfortable doing a podcast. I don't feel like, like I was super down on Saturday and, you know, like I didn't feel right mentally. And I don't like to, like, like I, like I, like back in my mind subconsciously, I kind of feel like mental health is kind of like a taboo subject for me to talk about for me, because it's like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I can't necessarily have this problem or whatever, or these problems. And, um, then those problems, they always rebound on me. They always get worse. And I mean, it, like, I, I, I just have to accept that I have these problems and I still have like a year later, I still have like a hard time accepting it somewhat. So Saturday kind of had a breakdown a little bit. Um, talked to somebody who was close to me. They recommended a, uh, <clears throat> 
<clears throat> excuse me, a therapist that I'm going to go see on Wednesday of next week for like the first time I think ever. I'm going to talk to an actual therapist, so that should be pretty, um, you know, pretty, what's, what's the word? Promising or progressive? Progressing? I don't know. But, yeah, I'm going to go see a therapist next week. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how much I should reveal as to, like, why I had uh, the issues that I had had on Saturday. It was kind of just like, I mean, you know, I mean, it is technically Mental Health Awareness Month, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm, I should be one of the types of people to have to, like, you know, have to talk about this, I guess. I don't know. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's super stuffy in my room. Hold on, let me turn on the AC. It's like, there's been a window that's been open all day long. And it's just been letting in humid air. And it's like, I literally, last year, hold on. Jesus Christ, I can literally cut the air. I, I, I like had a humidifier going on all day long. And it's like, it still could not get rid of some of the fucking humid air in my room. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm literally, like, just pacing, excuse me, not pacing, but rocking back and forth on my rocking chair on my Lazy Boy. And it's, like, literally, I'm just, like, moving in this, like, marsh of just air. It's just, like, I can just feel the humidity in the air. I'm like, good God, this sucks. Anyways, um, what was I talking Oh, yeah, so, you know, I, like, I don't really want to spend too much time, but, regard like, regardless, right? So, a couple months ago, you know, again, if you're a long-time listener, you know that I kind of, like, like, it, my issues kind of became, or not became, but um, they, like, began around February, when, or around, like, early January, late February, and I didn't reveal all of this on the podcast, but I'm revealing it now, right? A um, couple months ago, my aunt, who I love very dearly, um, she was in essentially the final stages of her life, right? So she had, I think it was, I think it's stage four cancer, right? She had, she had stage four, stage four cancer, right? That's what it's called, right? Like the worst meta metastatic cancer is the most advanced stage. So that's what she had. She had stage four cancer and she had, uh, and she had, you know, like she had talked to me, you know, months and months and months ago about how, cause she, her cancer was in remission a couple of years ago, which I was really, really excited for. I was super, super happy for, I was happy to spend the next 20 to 30 years of my life with this woman in my life. And, um, you know, I only got about six months and, um, you know, I had always called her up. I had always talked to her to, you know, make sure that she was, you know, feeling okay and stuff like that. And for the last, like, couple of months, it was getting harder and harder and harder for her to, like, you know, to talk and stuff like that. And this is kind of where the trauma that I'm probably going to talk about in therapy will probably begin and end. Where it's like, I literally called her for a couple of weeks before she had finally passed. And around like that time, right, that she had passed, I had actually, I was actually going to go down to where she lives, uh, which, you know, like, you know, which, which it's a long drive. It's not like she lives directly close to me. She lives, or she lived in Texas. I lived in Florida. So it would have been a long ass drive. But, um, 
I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go down there and things of that nature. And she had just gotten out of, um, out of like, uh, out of the hospital. And now she was in hospice care, which is like assisted care and stuff like that. And I had like FaceTimed her and things of that nature. And I had wrote her like a letter that I was going to give her, you know, um, yeah, I was going to go down there and give her a letter and then either leave or something like that or spend some time with her. But I mean, you know, you know, she, she had stage four cancer. It's like, I like, like she didn't have to spend time with me. I just wanted her to give her the letter. And around that time that I was going to give her that letter, around that time that I was going to drive down to Texas, she had, she had died. So it had kind of like weighed on me and it kind of had affected me like on and off and you know, things of that nature. And I don't try to do some things to try and treat it in a positive manner. And it just did not work at all. And, uh, it kind of rebounded, I guess on Saturday where I was just like, like, uh, I, you know, texted some people and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, you know, go see a therapist. And, you know, somebody scheduled me a therapist appointment and things of that nature. But, you know, I mean, that's essentially why I wasn't podcasting on Saturday which it, it like I like I, I don't know like I still sometimes feel like I, I don't want to go too deep into it but it's just like sometimes I even feel like I shouldn't have even taken off a day for some weird reason but I think that's just me being way too hard on myself I guess I don't know I don't know I like if I if I the reality of the situation is is that I definitely could have podcasted but I would have been faking it you know I wouldn't have been like I would have been like kind of in pain and stuff like that going through it and podcasting and things of that nature. Um, but I still could have done it, you know, but it wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been like 100% healthy and not healthy, excuse me, but like 100%, um, right mentally. And I kind of was like, well, if I'm not 100% right mentally, I should probably not do it. And that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of how I decided that, you know, just in case if you're, you're wondering, you're like 24, where did you go? It's like, that's kind of where I went to. So, you know, that's kind of my, uh, mental health story, I guess. <clears throat> Hold on. Okay, cool. I'm, I just got something, but, um, that's kind of like what happened over the weekend and things of that, na that nature. And that's kind of why I didn't podcast at all this weekend i was just dealing with some mental health stuff so anyways um about the schedule of the podcast right so we're transitioning from mental health to podcast stuff right so tomorrow i was like you know what i need to do maybe not need to do but you know what i kind of want to do i kind of want to like i kind of want to like look at not even look at but i kind of want to like cast right the um the play in tournament games right because i never really you know like like i haven't really looked at a lot of the nba games right i haven't really looked at a ton of them i kind of want to watch a lot more nba games and things of that nature and i'm really really far behind in watching nba and covering the nba so i was like cool well let's look at the nba play in tournament games and things of that nature and then as I looked at them, I was like, oh, fuck. All of them are, like, literally later on in the afternoon or whatever. And, like, literally all of them are, like, like, li like I, I was watching, like, one of them. I was, like, looking at my TV schedule and I was like, just like, wait a second. Like, literally one of them is at 1130 at night. 
That's when it finishes. That's not when it starts. It's when it fucking, like, finishes. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. So, yes. Um, we'll be going over. We'll, I'll have two podcasts. When is it? I'll have two podcasts tomorrow. Essentially, we'll, where we'll be going over the play-in tournament. And I'll have probably, let me, I'm watching Danny Phantom right now. I'll have probably, like, another two podcasts on Wednesday. And then I'll probably have, like, I mean, as long as, like, and then I'll probably podcast, like, I'll probably have, like, like, the reality of the situation is the NBA will probably have, like, multiple games a day. So we'll probably just look at the play-in tournaments, and then I'll probably just check out the the actual games or whatever. Let me check out ESPN. We'll check out the actual games or whatever. I don't have the actual, uh, like, schedule. Why am I, why am I on my TV schedule? Why am I not just, like, looking at the NBA's schedule, right? Like, on the internet. It's like, I can still watch Danny Phantom and do this. Play Danny. Here we go. <clears throat> what is it? NBA schedule. Cool. Here we go. So, the, um, I don't have any of these games, it looks like. No, I, no, I have, no, I have all these games. So, Hornets versus Pacers, snooze fest. Wizards versus Celtics, and then Spurs, uh, excuse me, Wizards versus Celtics, Hornets versus Pacers are all tomorrow. So we'll watch all of those play-in uh, tournament games, and then we'll move on, right? Spurs versus Grizzlies, and then Warriors versus Lakers, those are the other two games. And we'll watch those two games Wednesday. And then I think Thursday is when they'll have the other play-in tournament games or something like that. Thursday is when they'll, like, restart them and have, like, the the uh, the other two teams that make it play and things of that nature. I'm not really sure about the rules. I haven't been following the NBA that much. But, again, we'll – essentially in the next two days, we'll have four games. Um, essentially, we'll uh, – that we'll look at, essentially. So, that's essentially the gist of the play-in tournament and how we're, and how we're going to cover it. Also – we're probably going to look at maybe a game or two in the, the first couple of days of the NBA. But the thing is, right, I don't really know, like, how exactly, maybe not how is the best way, but I don't know how we're going to, like, have kind of, like, a wrap-up or whatever. Because it's, like, NBA NBA playoff games are kind of, like, a weekly thing. Like, it's not, like, a, not a weekly thing, but, like, a daily thing. It's not like the NFL where it's, like, oh, oh man, we get to watch NBA football, like, every single uh, week or whatever on the weekends, right? It's like during the week, it's on the weekends. It is a very, very, I don't want to say grueling process, but it's a very, very like different process from, you know, what is actually, what we actually do or whatever. I don't really know. So <clears throat> that's kind of the schedule. That's kind of the plan for NBA games the next four days. I, I, we'll, we'll see about the Spurs. I mean, I don't want to talk about the Spurs, they have been highly disappointing, but hey, at least they're in the playoffs. In the play-in tournament. So, we'll see what happens there. Damn, the Wizards, not the Wizards, the uh, the Trailblazers beat the uh, the shit out of the Nuggets. Did, did what's-his-face Jokic play? I can just tell by his numbers. Where are his points? Yeah, he played for like a pretty substantial amount of time. He had 21 points. Donovan Mitchell is still hurt. So that means, that, I mean, not means, I mean, that's just not good for them. 
Oh my god! Remember how like the Bucks? Everybody was talking about the Bucks and how awesome Aunt, uh, Giannis was and things of that nature, and how he was just gonna be. Oh, they didn't play Giannis yesterday. All right, that's fine. So I was like, they lost one twelve, one eighteen. I was like, that's not good. Like, fix that shit. Wait a second. Is Dallas? I'm like, uh, let me check the standings. I'm like, where's Dallas? The Mavs. Oh yeah, they're the fifth seed. I'm like, where? Where? I'm like, where's the Mavs, bro? I was like, did Dallas, I'm like, not make it to the playoffs? It's like, yeah, they did, but they're just not in the play-in tournament. So, go Mavs. I don't really know when. When is the next basketball game? Besides, like, the play-in tournament games? I'm just kind of, like, looking at it here. Oh. Uh, Thursday. I think, I think Thursday is the play-in tournament game, and then Friday... Is another playing tournament game, I believe. I'm not sure. There's just nothing because of how weird the schedule is and things of that nature. So it's just a weird it's just a weird time to, you know, to look at the NBA. So anyways, transitioning transitioning, excuse me, out, out, off of all of that stuff. Let's kind of talk about, you know, some football and things of that nature. I don't have any basketball content. Ironically enough, as much as we're going to cover basketball over the next couple of days, I have no football content. By the way, shout out to um, to Alabama. I was watching Montana um, Fouts. Flouts. I think that's what her last name is, Montana. She's 14, the pitcher for Alabama. Oh, my God. I'm watching Danny Phantom when I could be watching Montana Fouts absolutely destroy Florida again. It's on the SEC channel. Let me go back. I'm like, am I still too late? Can I still check it out? I kind of want to watch it. It was a great, great game. <sighs> I missed it. <laughs> the SEC Network was playing it again, and they just, like, ah. Oh. I just, I just didn't, I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I mean, I didn't get it is the best way to describe it, but it's like, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to, like, watch it again or whatever. I don't know. Anyways. That fucking sucks. What is this shit? Oh, my God. I'm watching, like, this. I'm watching one of my cable providers, like, TV things or whatever. And they're interviewing, like... I'm not going to say who my cable provider is because, I mean, it's kind of shitty. But, um, literally, I, like, I despise. I despise cable TV. I hate it. it like, if, if I could literally detach from internet... Not from the internet... I could literally detach from cable to just be the internet. It, like it sucks that like literally who your cable provider is probably also who your internet provider is, like Verizon, AT and T, like somebody like that, or whatever, or some weird ass internet company. It sucks the way that our internet works in America. Anyways, um, going back to the podcast and things of that nature. So today I was watching. Today and yesterday, I was watching some Buccaneers football, right? And I was watching um, the Atlanta game, the end-of-season Atlanta game, where Tampa Bay absolutely destroys Atlanta without Julio Jones. I only saw it one time. I didn't get to see it another time. But the second game that I watched before I uh, started this podcast up was the Saints game, the first Saints game where the Bucks, I mean, they, they both, they lost both games, but 
I remember that game, and I was just like, wow, Brady is not playing well. And then I saw that game again, and, and I was like, he isn't, but they almost won that game. I think he threw, like, a late pick six, and then I was just like, yeah, this isn't good. But anyways, um, Tom and the Buccaneers, I was watching that first game, and I was just like, I like, Tom Brady is super, 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 super happy that Trey Hendrickson is not in this division anymore. He is not in the NFC South anymore. Because during that first game, he had absolutely destroyed Donovan Smith. He had absolutely dominated. Um, I mean, there were so many times where he was just not even getting pressures, but hits on Tom Brady. And I was just like, are they going to stop Trey Hendrickson at all today? Are they going to stop him? Because uh, he's not getting stopped, and he is kind of uh, destroying your uh, your offensive line right now. And to me, it's like, like I didn't like like you kind of forget how good players are, right? When you're like months removed from them, right? When you're like, oh man, I haven't seen this player or this team play in months or whatever, and you kind of forget just like you forget just how good Trey Hendrickson was and is for the Saints, right? And then you get reminded pretty damn quickly when he fucking when he fucking is destroying Donovan Smith, who's a good left tackle for Tampa Bay, right? And then you kind of transfer that to the new team that he plays for, right? Who does he play for? He plays now for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Well, guess who just lost key members on their offensive line? You just saw the Ravens trade away Brown to the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you to the Baltimore Ravens for trading with literally the in-conference rival that has essentially kept you from doing anything over the last couple of seasons. Thank you, Kansas. Not Kansas. Thank you, Tampa. Not Tampa. Excuse me. Baltimore. Thank you, Baltimore. But um, essentially, right? Essentially after, as I, I like, I'm, I'm watching Danny Phantom right now, and I'm watching him run out of the girls' locker room like a bajillion times using his ghostly powers. You don't know if, if you didn't watch Danny Phantom. So it's 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 weird. It's weird for me to say that. It's weird for me to be like, yeah, like Danny is running out of girls' locker rooms or whatever, and think the girls' locker room. He's a 14-year-old kid, you know. It's like it's kind of what he does. It's kind of what a 14-year-old does, fortunately or unfortunately, more specifically probably unfortunately. What's I talking about? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I talking about? Fuck, I was talking about Trey, uh, Trey Hendrickson, the new defensive end for the Cincinnati Bengals and how awesome he was and how annoying it's going to be for all of the teams in that division to go up against him because now the Cincinnati Bengals actually have, like, a really, really decent pass rusher as well. Who else did the Bengals get in the draft? They got Trey, like, I, I don't really, like, they got Cheeto, Chidobe Awuje. They, like, they also got, like, that really, really bad, like, tackle. I was just like, that's terrible. That pick is so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that pick is so bad. I think, yeah, Jackson, Carmen, and then they got another pass rusher in Joseph Osai, and then they got another nose tackle in, um, in Tyler Shelvin. Like, they got, they had a really, really solid draft, man. I was pretty stoked on it. Obviously, they got the big boy at the top in um, in uh, Jamar Chase, but I mean, really, it's it's all of these other guys 
like, excuse me, Joseph Osai and Tyler Shelvin and, you know, obviously, you know, they got Jamar, but they, they definitely needed another tackle. I don't know why they didn't get one. Like a good one. I don't know why they didn't get one. <clears throat> but I was actually happy and, and um, I don't want to say surprised, but I was actually happy with what had happened with um, the, the Bengals with Trey Hendrickson after I saw the Tampa Bay game today. I was like, wow, that actually... That makes a lot of fucking sense. Makes a lot of fucking sense. It's like, wow, that's it's actually like super well done by Cincinnati. And the Bengals. Because again, I'll constantly reiterate the fact that the Steelers didn't draft a left tackle or a center or get a left tackle or a center that can stop Trey Hendrickson this year. So he should be able to tee off against quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger. Who are the um not to like heavily go over the Cincinnati Bengals' schedule because we're going over other teams' schedules and things of that nature on this draft, or not this draft, excuse me, but um, for this podcast. I'm just kind of, like, going to lightly look over it, right? I just kind of am interested in, like, who they're playing against. So they open Vikings, who they have kind of an, a, a suspect O-line, and then the Bears, and then we know we talked about the Steelers already. The Jags have a suspect O-line as well. Packers, Lions, suspects, but it's getting better. They have Frank Ragnow, I think that's what his name is, um, Panay Sewell, and apparently they like their left tackle. I don't really know who it is, but we'll see about the uh, the Lions. Kind of covered the Ravens. The Jets, they have Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, who I have no idea if he's a guard or if he is a um, – or if he's a, a tackle. But they have the, uh, the Jets, of course, the Browns, Raiders. We have – constantly talked about how much I dislike the Raiders we'll talk about their schedule and how I haven't seen their schedule yet actually but we'll talk about their schedule and we'll look at it as well they play up against the 49ers the Broncos suspect O-line the Chargers that's not good not the Chargers excuse me the Chiefs and then they also play up against the Chargers so the Bengals ironically enough have kind of like a hard schedule in some um in some stretches I mean in like three weeks Good God, three weeks they go up against the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns. And that's like the end of season games. And it's just like, yikes. Uh, I talked about how I think the ball, not the Baltimore, the Bengals are like a playoff team. I'm I'm going to retract that. Retracting it. I'm going to retract it because uh, their schedule is hard as balls. So I'm retracting that statement. Um, give me like eight weeks into the regular season. And I will give you a pretty accurate detail on who's going to the playoffs and who isn't. <clears throat> Anyways, as I was saying, I was looking at some Cincinnati, some 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 college quarterbacks this weekend, right? Because oh yeah, let me also take a gander at the UC the USC quarterback because everybody and their mother won't shut up about him. And I'm like, I I I've not seen this guy. I've not seen this guy yet. But I have seen a couple of other guys as well. I have seen, for example, um, I, I mean, obviously we talk about um, Spencer Rattler a lot on the podcast. We talked about him a lot in the fall. We talked about Bryce Young after his spring game. Uwe Ungalale had a couple of good starts as well. Um, we looked. I looked at Desmond Ritter as well. USC, he's their quarterback. But I have not seen this this quarterback. This USC quarterback, Caden Slovis. Let me look up Caden Slovis here. 
and see this guy. And then we'll talk about. And then we'll talk about um, Katie. We'll, we'll talk about, you know what? Let me talk about, like I'm debating on whether or not to talk about Caden Slovis or Desmond Ritter first. Let me start off with Desmond Ritter. He is Cincinnati's um, quarterback. He is, how do I describe this? He has, I talk about arm strength in two different ways. I talk about it in velocity and speed. So how fast you can throw a football. And I also talk about it in the way that probably everybody does um, in distance and in, in, in how far you can throw a football essentially, right? So in the case of, what is it? Desmond Ritter. I was watching a lot of his games or maybe not games, but like his highlights. I, I also saw his Pro Bowl, not his Pro Bowl, his bowl game, excuse me, as well. And when I was watching Desmond Ritter, I really, really liked the player, right? I really, really liked Desmond Ritter, the, the quarterback out of out of Cincinnati because he's just such a great processor of information, right? Where he knows exactly where the ball should go, when it should be out, bang, bang, right? And he's just reading the defense perfectly. And he, I mean, he almost beat Georgia in a bowl game and he plays not in the ACC, the AAC, Right? The American Athletic Conference, I think, or the Athletic American Conference. It's an athletic and American conference, however, in whichever order. And, I mean, he almost beat Georgia, SEC team, loaded, stacked up with players, great football team, things of that nature, right? Almost beat them in Atlanta, which there was not a lot of Georgia fans there, to be honest with you, which is weird. Maybe it was the coronavirus. Maybe it was also like even even like there was there was a lot of empty seats. I'll I'll just say that straight up. But I was watching this guy towards the end of the season a couple of times, and I he didn't really like hit my radar again once like people started to talk about the USC quarterback and things of that nature, and then I started to see Desmond Ritter play, and I was I was impressed with his accuracy, not down the field. He he lacks arm strength right now like there's times where I will see him throw balls deep down the field and it's wobbly and it's not high and tight it's not a great spiral uh it 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 lacks touch I would say it even lacks like speed you know like like talking about that speed it's like it's weird it's like there are times where he will take a shot down field excuse me and it'll like it'll come out wobbly it won't lack the speed it'll it won't even get there, you know, and it's like, I don't really, like, I want to see more of Desmond Ritter this season, and I think we will, but I really, really like him. Great processor, good processor of information, um, really, really fast release, I would say, as well. Maybe not even a fast release, but just a fast, a, a nice fast ball that he can throw, a really, really nice ball that he can fit into tight spaces and things of that nature. Super smart quarterback, also athletic as well. And one of my favorite parts is about him is that he's a pocket passer as well, right? And I'm watching some of his highlights right now, and it's like some of like like some of what I I've talked about where it's like he has he kind of yeah I mean that ball is kind of wobbly, but it gets there. But I've also seen throws where it just doesn't get there as well. Yeah, that's even wobbly, but it gets there, right? And it's just like, I don't know if he's just lacking that zip, that spin on the football. 
that you see some of these other guys do. And some people are going to say, well, 24, like, is it that, is it that big of a deal that the football doesn't have a nice tight spiral? And it's like, yes, because it's easier for the wide receiver to track the football in the air. And like the more the ball like spins when it's in the air, the more, um, like the more easier it is for a wide receiver to catch it. Apparently like, like it hits, it hits, um, their hands easier or whatever when it's spinning in the air. Also, by the way, this guy, number 12, stupidly good wide receiver for Cincinnati. I think his name is Pierce, right? I don't know. Like, point is, right, I'm probably going to watch a lot of Cincinnati this offseason. Or not this offseason, but this uh, this next coming season in the fall because uh, there was there, there's just way too many good players on Cincinnati. And I think the quarterback is one. Some people are going to talk about how he's, like, skinny and stuff like that. It, it doesn't really matter that much to me. He is very athletic, and he is a pocket passer as well, where it's, you know, it's a three-step drop back and then bang the balls out. It's under center. Was that under center? Let me check it again. No, he was in the gun. It's three-step, three steps, a hitch, bang the balls out. Uh, he, he is a very, very technical quarterback. He, he doesn't play loose. I mean, I saw great pocket presence with him a couple of times where there's times where the pressure will come in his face. Sounds weird, but that's the analogy that I'm going to use where it just, where he will get pressure in his face and instead of bailing, he will slide and shift to the right or to the left. And I was like, he has fantastic pocket presence for a college player, you know? And then there's other times where he feels the pressure, you know, not even feels it, but sees it. And he'll, he'll like dip and duck like underneath the pressure, like Tom Brady, and he'll like move the ball around and move it out of danger, which is really, really awesome that he just already has that just like awareness in the pocket as well. And then unlike Tom Brady is that he can actually scramble and get up the field and start running. Um, I'm not so sure about his arm. I want to see his arm. I, I want to see more of Desmond Ritter. I think, I think right now, second round, maybe third round is like the latest. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in saying that. I think second, third round is where he should go at the latest. And it's like, I want to see more of Desmond Ritter before, uh, I talk about first-round um, caliber football players with him. But, I mean, super technical player, super smart, super athletic, great pocket presence. So if you have a decent offensive – he's let me tell you something. He's the type of guy that when shit hits the fan in the pocket, he does not run. Like, he doesn't bail. Like, you'll see this with – especially guys like Baker Mayfield, where Baker Mayfield, when shit hits the fan and the pocket starts to collapse around him – He'll get a little bit jumpy and he'll just bail immediately, even when there's a good pocket. When there, when just guys sometimes are rushing Baker, he'll just bail out of the pocket and just run around from a stable environment to an unstable environment. And Baker thinks he's way better of an athlete than he actually is, just based upon his play, right? But Desmond Ritter, he'll hang in. He'll stay in the pocket. P pressure is coming all around him, and he'll stay in there. He'll hang in there and he'll throw strikes and. I mean, he's pretty awesome at it. And also, he'll use that pocket. Yeah, hold on. I got to talk about this. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this after I talk about him in the pocket. He'll use that pocket as well to just take shots. I mean, it's it, it's kind of like watching a good pocket um, passer where it's like if you give them time in the pocket, they will throw guys open. They will find holes in your defense. If you give Desmond Ritter like a couple of seconds uh, in the pocket, it's just like it, – it's just – it, it, it's just a massacre and I'm not wrong on the um on the, on the velocity 
downfield. He does lack a little bit of it. Like every single time he goes deep, the ball's coming out a little bit wobbly. It's not a high, tight spiral. We talked about how it's easier for wide receivers to track it. Talk about how easier it is for wide receivers to catch it. Yes, it matters. The spin, the zip on the on the ball matters. 1,000%. Don't let anyone tell you different. But uh, Desmond Ritter, he lacks a little bit of that spin of that zip on the football. Sometimes the ball is a little bit short. Other times I'm watching his highlights right now. Other times they're perfect. Other times it is perfect where you're like, wow, that's a, that's a really, really nice thrown football. It got there on time, on target. It may not have been, you know, with the velocity and the power that you would have liked, but it got there. So, and sometimes that's all, that's what, that's what it's all about. Also, by the way, when he runs and stuff like that, he's not running to like run. He's running, he's scrambling, right? He's running to like buy time for his players as well. He's a really good prospect. I like Desmond Ritter a lot. And um, I'm glad that he didn't come out this year because I think he would have been lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I think, I think he has first round potential. I'm very excited to see what happens. He's going to be a fourth year starter this year. He, he has only gotten better. He's the new Kellen Mond. He's the new guy that's only gotten better as his career has progressed along and I mean he's been a, a really really nice quarterback for Cincinnati for the last couple of years and I mean he's had an up and down career but I mean he's he's definitely had a more up career than a down career so you know good on him for being a really awesome football player also that number 12 as well I gotta I gotta figure out who that number 12 guy is because he could be a day two steal number 12 for Cincinnati so let's look at this um USC quarterback because I am this is going to be the first time that I actually watch him these are just his highlights we're going to look at I also got a P by the way excuse me he's a sophomore Caden Slovis 6'2 200 pounds let's see what he's got shout out to Just Bomb Productions Caden Slovis high school quarterback coach was NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner okay so that's I'm like I'm like, man, why why is everybody talking about Caden Slovis? And then, I, like, literally the first shot I get of him is throwing up and warming up on the sideline, and it's it's bang. It's it's in my face. It's like high school quarterback coach was NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. And it's like, of course, of course. Showing him warm up as a freshman. I think I remember actually Kirk, not Kirk, but Kurt, um, Warner talk about Caden a couple of years ago saying we have this really really nice guy Caden Slovis I was his quarter like he was I think you talk about coaching him and things of that nature <clears throat> oh oh <laughs> I'm like first play that I see is this deep ball right he slings it it's this high arcing beautiful teardrop of a throw where, I mean, this is like a 50-yarder almost, 50-yard touchdown. And this ball is super, super high up. The wide receiver has very, very little separation at the top of this route, but he kind of like picks it up at the tail end of the of the route. And at the, like, essentially when he catches it, it is when he gets the most separation. And I mean, it's this weird high-arcing football that I talk about, which is like this super hard throw to make where it's super high-arcing. So the wide receiver has time enough to track it, but it comes straight down. So that way, uh, like when when the wide receiver sees it and tracks it, it's 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 gonna get there, you know, really really quickly. 
which is why I was just like, wow, I like I was like, oh, like that's why people are talking about Kate. <laughs> like that's why people are talking about Kate and Slovis. Hold on. Good God, it's a nut. It's a nut. Like, does he only throw that throw? I've only seen two throws, and the and it's both those ridiculously high arcing. I mean, that's his favorite tool in the toolbox when he's going downfield. It's just this. It's like a rocket taking off, right? Where it's just it hits this high. It where, where it just freaking goes up in the air and it just hangs in the air and and it's just like, it is a stupidly great throw to make for these types of wide receivers that they have to track it in the air so that way they can just see and what's going on. They see this guy, Caden, scrambling. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. 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 All right. All right. It's another play. I think this is Oregon. Pass rush is getting, the, it, it getting to him, right? And I'm just like, he squared. Uh, when, like, I thought he was scrambling to buy time. He did. It's like third and five against Oregon. And he, like, squared up his throat, shoulders as if he was going to throw across his body. And I was like, okay. Then he doesn't. And then he runs around again, evades the rush like three times. And then he throws a strike to number 15 in the end zone. I was like, okay. And, he, and by the way, talking about that, that pocket presence that I was talking about with Desmond Ritter, uh, obviously, Caden Slovis does not have a very good offensive line, even with Elijah Vera Tucker. But talking about the same thing with um, – with Desmond Ritter, right? Where it's like Desmond Ritter can kind of feel out that pressure. He can feel it out, stay, stay in there, hang in there. The offensive line is good enough where he can hang in, stay in, right? Hang in that pocket, stay in that pocket. Caden Slovis, like, he felt that pressure, evaded the rush, pulled out of there, got out, bang, stepped up, scrambled, tried to find somebody, saw that nobody was down there, scrambled again, scrambled three times, scrambled so many damn times, I can't even tell you how many times he scrambled. And as soon as he, he bought enough time for his guys to have seen him uh, make a play. Not seen him make a play, but his, for his for his guys, excuse me, to get the separation that they would need to make a play. Feels the rush. Again, everybody's covered downfield. Squares up his shoulders. That's a good throw. Buying a lot of time. Sees his wide receiver throw. Like, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of flaws in his game. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it's a lot of bad offensive line play where dudes are getting to him. And then it's just like, I mean, these are obviously his highlights. So I can't like, I mean, it's his highlights. But, you know, you know what I mean. I've only seen like three, maybe four throws. So we'll kind of, like, Caden Slovis is another guy. Like, I spent a shit ton of time watching Sam Ellinger this year. Uh, I'm probably going to watch the quarter. Also, I'm going to watch um, Daniels out of Georgia, who is a lot more raw, and he's kind of a day three pick to me. He's like a fourth-plus round pick to me right now. I don't know if he's a second-year player or a third-year player in college, but to me it's just like, yeah, he's he's probably not going to be taken in the first two days. In the case of Caden Slovis, right, I'm watching this other throw that he's making against I don't know who. But it's this really, really, it's, you know what? He's got really, really fantastic touch, man. Because he delivers this really, really awesome ball against ASU where it's just, it's a seam route almost. And he just has this really, really nice touch to the wide receiver. And he gets it over like three defenders. And I was just like, that is some really, really nice touch by Caden Slovis. <clears throat> 
as I continue to watch him sling this doggone thing around. Rolling to his right. Throws. Ooh. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to watch a lot. Let me tell you something right now. Watching a lot more Caden Sir uh, Slovis, excuse me. He has this throw against UCLA. Rolling right. It's the Zach Wilson type of throw, right? Where first and foremost, buy this throw every single time they sell it to you, right? Rolls right. Sees his tight end on the opposite hash. So we're talking about the left hash almost. Throws it across his body, which is a big, big no-no as a quarterback. Across his body, he throws it to the tight end in a very tight window where if this ball is underthrown or if he doesn't have the arm strength to get it over there, I mean, it's it's intercepted. And I mean, is that a tight end? I don't know if 15 is a tight end. He, he looks maybe tall enough, but I mean, this is a very, very high level throw to number 15. Another teardrop into the bucket for 21 and I mean he borderline just dropped it's 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 uh who who was the uh I was talking about this guy the other night or the other day or something like that where I was talking about like I just hate it whenever quarterbacks on it was Derek Carr right I was talking about Derek Carr and how like there were so many times where I saw Henry Ruggs the third play where he would throw the back shoulder fade when Henry was just away and he was just like yeah I'm, I'm gone like throw me a go route and not the back shoulder fade so that way um i don't have to reach back and stop or slow down to catch the football i can just you know i can just keep running into the football and when i watch caden slovis play it's like the exact opposite his wide receivers if they have separation he will throw a good enough pass where he will take advantage of that separation where they don't have to slow down and, uh, and turn around and catch the ball. They can just keep running into the pass. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, he, he knows, he has such good, this is going to sound weird, but he has such good ball control, you know? He just has such a great understanding of which, and he's so young too. He has a, a fantastic understanding of which football to throw, which throw to, to make essentially going down the field, throwing the intermediate routes, things of that nature. He just has such a great understanding of what he's supposed to do and when and how and where and why. And I mean, just a great understanding. And, you know, he like, and, and again, I get it. These are just highlights and stuff like that. But I mean, that that's perfect. That this is exactly what I'm talking about going up against, I think, um, Colorado university, right? I don't have the down in the distance. I don't have the timestamp, but it's like a 40, 40 yard touchdown, right? It is a sharp, crisp, not a high arcing ball, but one of those moderate, not moderate, but yeah, I would say a moderately arcing ball. It's a ball that's supposed to travel a very, very um, far, uh, a very, very long distance, very, very quickly, right? And he gets, and the reason why it has to travel a very, very far distance very, very quickly is because he sees number six is open down the field. He wants him going down the football field, but he also sees the safety is coming over from uh, the hash because six is on the outside. I think that's Michael Pittman Jr., I believe, right? 
and he's like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to miss Michael Pittman Jr. on this. I want to make this throw, so I got to get get it in there really, really fast. And I mean, he just does fantastically. Another off schedule play as well. And again, he he seems for a dude that's getting pressured a fuck ton in the pocket. He's very calm. He's very calm, man. He's just like, yeah, like I'm just. I'm just chilling, bro. I'm, you know, I'm in the pocket. I'm evading the rush. I'm running around. Good athlete. Very good athlete. Like you, like you can tell when he runs, when he runs, he is not inhibited by a lack of athleticism, right? Like Mac Jones doesn't run because he's inhibited by a lack of athleticism, right? When K, when Caden Slovis runs, he, he's not inhibited at all. He can, he can get up the field and run. Watching another play, another teardrop throw, and that that's money. Yeah. DB had like the thing about these throws that he's making is that these DBs just don't have a chance to make a play. That's like the main thing that I want to take that I want you to take away from watching from me watching Caden Slovis is like dudes just don't have a shot to make a play whatsoever. Another fast zippy ball to Michael Pittman. His favorite target. Back shoulder fade to twenty one. It's not even really a back shoulder fade. It's just this, it's a fade. He doesn't put it on his back shoulder. The guy doesn't have to turn fully around. He only has to kind of turn sideways to catch the ball. And I mean, it's it's money, man. Good prospect. Good prospect. I get it. He's making a lot of like high quality throws, man. I gotta check it out. Let me see it again. Another rush. We're only like five minutes into a 13-minute video. Rolling to his left. Sets up. Looking downfield. I love that. Yep. Oof. It's a great play by 15. Against Notre Dame, too. Yeah, I'm watching a lot more Caden Slovis. <laughs> Watching a lot more Caden Slovis this year, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you, I'll tell you that right now. We're watching more Caden Slovis. Well, you'll hear me. I gotta write these names down. I gotta write these names down. Desmond Ritter, Caden Slovis, the Georgia quarterback as well. Spent way too much time on Sam Ellinger last year. Last year, excuse me. What do I got? Let me get another pen. I want to get a pen word. The ink is almost used out, so that way I can go ahead and use one of the new ink caps that I, ink capsules that I bought recently. <clears throat> Anyways, Caden uh, Slovis, one quarterback. This pen is actually almost out of ink. Caden Slovis, how many quarterbacks are we watching? I gotta change the ink pens. I already don't like this at all. Oh wait, I'll just throw it away. I can't unscrew the cap. Caden Slovis. We're watching Bryce Young. Who else are we watching? Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Uwe Angalale. I, I'll just say Uwe. Because I, I have no idea how to spell Uwe Angalale. I know how to like pronounce it. I just don't know how to fucking spell it. At all. Ui Angalale. Bryce Young, Caden Slovis, Desmond Ritter, Spencer Rattler, obviously. Spencer 
some of these quarterbacks aren't going to come out like Uwe Angolale and Bryce Young, but we're just I'm just going to talk about them anyways for future reference. Spencer Rattler and then um, the Georgia QB as well, Daniels. Aren't they playing up against Alabama this year? That's going to be fun, Bryce Young versus the Georgia quarterback, Daniels. They also, I believe, have a really, really nice receiver. His name is Pierce or Parting or something like that. He, he, he wears number one. I was like, wow, who's that guy number one? Guy number one sure can ball. But, yeah, a lot of college football that I kind of went over over the last, like, 48 hours. A lot of really, really interesting quarterbacks as well. We'll kind of see how how they – um. How they kind of develop into better football players and things of that nature. We'll kind of see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, but, 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 but what else do I have? Oh, yeah. We were going to go over the schedules and things of that nature. Should I cover the... I was I was gonna talk about what was it what was the thing oh my god it was the um it was the David Culley interview and the Houston Texans obviously uh, the Houston Texans new head coach obviously and things of that nature hold on okay sorry about that but the Houston Texans not the Houston yeah the Houston Texans head coach David Culley and he had a press conference it went as about as well as you could think it was boring it was monotonous it was tedious it was very uninformative. But from that interview, he gives this quote about Nico Collins and things of that nature. And I was going to blast him over it, but I just don't really feel the need to. It's kind of just like one of those things where it's just like time will tell. He was talking about Nico Collins, the Michigan wide receiver that um, they had drafted. And I was just like, wow, they can't even draft wide receivers correctly because it's like I didn't have Nico Collins anywhere near that spot that they had selected him. In fact, they could have gotten um, – Stylin, Tylen Wallace, and I was just like, I prefer that pick over Nico Collins. He's literally a better version of Nico Collins, and I was just like, <clears throat> I was fucking blown away that they got Nico Collins over Stylin, Tylen Wallace. But again, we'll see. I think Tylen Wallace is a Baltimore Raven now, which I really, really like. But I mean, they're going with a lot of big-bodied wide receivers. They're like, hey, we can't, can't have any short guys now. He's a Baltimore Raven, right? Yeah, he's a Baltimore Raven. So they got Rashad Bateman and they got Tylen Wallace. So they got two big outside corners. Or not corners, but wide receivers. And one has like a really, really big catch radius. And the other one is just all right, I guess. I don't know. Kind of see what happens. Anyways. <clears throat> Moving on. I think we'll close the show with some more schedule news and things of that nature let's look at i mean i have how many teams five teams six teams five five teams and i also had some things about brandon staley and justin herbert that i'll probably talk about later on but i want to talk about the raiders schedule right Excuse me, because I, you know, I haven't checked everybody's schedule. I mean, we looked at the majority of the primetime games, if not the entirety of the primetime games. 
like a couple of days ago. But I didn't necessarily like keep tabs on who everybody is playing. I don't have like a photographic memory, you know. But it's like I was interested in seeing like who certain teams were playing and when and where and why. And I just kind of forgot about the Raiders and things of that nature. But now I'm looking at their schedule again. And it's like their schedule is workable. It's doable. You can win some football games here. But let's get started. Let's actually take a gander at their schedule, right? I think we we may have done it right, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. However, right, in the case of the Raiders, right, did we, this feels familiar. I think we talked about it. I don't know. No, I don't think I don't think we did. Let's start off with week one, right? So they go up against the Ravens, and they're at home to open up the season, I think, on, like, Monday Night Football, right, in their new stadium. Um, hopefully a bunch of Ravens fans don't show up and, uh, and start cheering for the Ravens and booing the Raiders. That would make the Raiders look like fools. But um, the Raiders, they host the Ravens as their season opener. The Ravens are not of like not the Ravens the Raiders aren't very good defensively they aren't very good at the offensive line position right now and um they don't really have a, a nose tackle to stop the Baltimore Ravens rushing attack and I I, I I like look at this game and I'm just like but Baltimore has run stuffers which is exactly what what the Raiders want to do they want to run the football Baltimore has run stuffers, and the Raiders kind of don't. And then it's like, this is just a, a, such a bad matchup for the Raiders. It's so bad that I cannot believe like how bad it is week one, game one. Like they, I don't want to say they got screwed, but I mean, it's definitely not a favorable position for, the, for them to be in, considering that, you know, they're going to open the stadium with more likely than not a loss. And on top of that, they're also going to um, to like crown that stadium with um, with a bunch of fans booing the Raiders and um, cheering on for the opposition. Which it's like that if that happens, then look out because then you'll have a bunch of fans just getting the green light to raid the Raiders stadium. And it's like that move that they just did going from Oakland to Las Vegas just it's a clusterfuck, bro. It is terrible. It's a clusterfuck. Anyways. Ravens versus Raiders. Hard game. Bad matchup for the Raiders. Raiders versus Steelers is kind of like another one of those interesting matchups where I'm just like, I think the Raiders should win it because I do like Derek Carr as a quarterback, but I just, I don't know. They'll, they'll probably find a way to screw it up. And then worse yet, it's like the, the Steelers actually have pass rush. They have some good corners. And if John Gruden's scheme just, like, you know, if it doesn't attack certain things that the Steelers don't do very well, then I could see this, like, you know, ending very, very um, badly for the Raiders. But again, we'll kind of see what happens. Raiders versus Steelers is just one of those weird games that I'm just like, yeah, that's not very good for you, uh, Raiders. <clears throat> Dolphins versus Raiders. Ugh. Uh, I, I mean, come on. Like, Dolphins are a significantly better football team than the 
Las Vegas Raiders. They won like 10 games with like two different quarterbacks. I think they got better um, defensively in some ways by getting Jalen Phillips and things of that nature on the football team. They also were able to get Jalen Waddle, obviously, in the draft. I mean, they had a solid draft, man. The Dolphins did and the Raiders. I mean, they they also had a solid offseason as well. We'll see about the Dolphins kind of going forward from here. But do not sleep on the Dolphins as a playoff team and uh, as the Raiders as a non-playoff team. But again, we'll kind of see what happens. Chargers versus Raiders as well. Oh, my God. This is kind of like one of those games that I wanted to talk about. Not one of those games, but like one of those teams that I wanted to talk about where I'm just like, I'm not really sure about Brett Urban, you know? Not Brett Urban, but um, what's his face? Not Brett Urban. Damn it, what's his face again? Not Brett Urban. Dan Stanley? Brandon Staley. No, what's his fucking name? The new head coach for the Chargers. What's his name? Yeah, Brandon Staley, right? The new head coach. I don't really know of his schemes. I don't really know of his philosophies. I don't know what he's going to do as a as a new head coach in the league with the Chargers. I wanted Eric Bieniemy to go to the Chargers and uh, coach Justin Herbert. I thought that, that was going to be a good um, a good freaking move for them to make, but they didn't make it. So it's like you know, it is what it is. But Brandon Staley, I'm not sure what he's going to do when it comes to the offense. I'm not really sure what he's going to do to the defense. But I like Justin Herbert with X coach than Derek Carr with John Gruden. <laughs> I'm like, I could be coaching Derek Carr, or not Derek Carr, but I could be coaching Justin Herbert, and I could probably do a better job and probably beat um, John Gruden. Um, by myself. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Maybe not by myself, but obviously with Justin Herbert. Like, I am so not a fan of, like, John Gruden right now and what he's done as, like, a head coach and how he's, like, freaking gone about his business. It's just, it's just not very good at all. Oh, God. I'm watching, what am I watching? I'm watching Danny Phantom and the TV show, right? Not the TV show. I, I mean, I've, I've talked about watching Danny Phantom all throughout the podcast. But it's on the really, really awesome, like, hour-long special where Danny Phantom, like, uh, essentially, like, ruins his life and he becomes, like, the antagonist or whatever. And they showed the part where, essentially, it's foreshadowed that Danny Phantom's new, evil, ghostly self kills his younger self in the past because on top of like having this evil version of Danny Phantom, there's also this like, there's also this, um, what is it? Fucking, there's also this, um, what, what else happened in that TV show? There's also like him going to the future and like have, have how like the past like affects the future as well. The villain, like the villain doesn't have a name at all. It's just like the evil version of Danny, right? It is him. And it's like, it fucking sucks that he never, ever gets used ever again in the TV show. It's, like, one of the the biggest, like, blunders by the creators of Danny Phantom because he was a fu- He was probably the best villain 
on the TV show, and they just never reused him ever again. Fucking sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. Let me um, let me plug in my computer first really fast before I start again. All right. So, Chargers are the next team. So, I mean, we kind of went over the Chargers against the Raiders. I'm not really sure about the Raiders. Oh, yeah, we did go over this schedule. Because I remember talking about the Bears. I'm so sorry. I remember talking about the Bears game as well. Yeah, I remember talking about this schedule. Sorry about that. Because I'm like, I'm like, didn't we already? I looked through my journal to like make sure that we didn't go through the Raiders. But then I was like, I remember the Bears game in week five and like talking about Khalil back. And then I was like, yeah, we've already gone over this. I apologize. I got to also pee. But uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of look at some of these other schedules. I want to take a gander at the Houston Texans schedule here because, uh, you know, in in honor of them talking about their um like uh, like their off season or whatever i kind of just want to take a take a gander take a peek what they're doing this season who they're playing up against it looks like they're playing up against the NFC West that's bad and um who is their division that they're playing up against are they seriously who are, who are, are they yeah they're going up against the AFC East it looks like yep they're going up against the AFC East oh my god dude i i will take a quick bathroom break before i talk about this monstrosity of a schedule it's like what did the nfl what did they do to that football team or more specifically what did that football team do to the nfl because um boy howdy is it a absolutely disastrous schedule for the Houston Texans? Um, anyways, I once again have to pee. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, right here. I'll be back in a couple of minutes on 24th Podcast. I'm out for like a couple of minutes.
So we're back. I'm back. Twenty fourth. I'm back. My podcast. Twenty fourth podcast. Anyways, um, we were going over how absolutely disastrous the Houston Texans schedule is because it is very disastrous, right? So, um. Well, they could they could have the number one overall pick this year. Do they have their first round draft pick this year? I'm not very sure. I don't I don't really know. It seems like they never do have their first round draft pick because they are terrible at making good trades and don't really understand how to make good trades and things of that nature. So I, I'm not I'm not sure if they actually have their first round draft pick. I don't know if they have their first round draft pick. I would assume um I don't know. <laughs> I think they do. I think their Laramie Tunsil trade was their the the two first rounders I believe that they gave up for Laramie Tunsil was this year's and last year's. So I think they finally have some draft capital back. So yay for the Texans because they're going to lose a bunch of football games and probably have a top three. Um, pick in this year's draft. I mean, that is very, very simple. It is very, very simple. First and foremost, um, September 12th, the Sunday of the opening day, essentially, they open up with probably a loss to the Jags. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, I mean, first and foremost, they're just not a good football team. They have a lot of good receivers. I like Randall Cobb. I like um, I like Brandon Cooks, but they also like they they need an offensive line. They got I I don't know. Did they get a yeah? They got Philip Lindsay. I like Philip Lindsay actually. They got weapons. I don't like their offensive line. Um, I especially don't like their defense now. I, I I like I I like their weapons, but I don't, like Deshaun doesn't want to play for them, so it doesn't matter. Um. Their defense is a mess. It's terrible. It's garbage. It is really, really bad. Um, I don't know who their number one corner is. I don't know who their number two corner is. I don't know who their number three corner is. I don't know safeties. I don't know safeties, linebackers. I don't know who their fucking pass rushers are. I don't know anything about this football team. They have not addressed any of that while also managing to get themselves in Huge salary uh, cap, excuse me, restraints and constraints, which just blows my fucking mind that they can be this bad and not have any good players on the team. Besides, I mean, the obvious guys like Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks and Philip Lindsay, but I mean, that's that's it. That's it, essentially. And Laramie Tunsil, who's like, okay. But yeah, Houston's in trouble. I think Trevor will go 1-0 and his first week. And, uh mob on the Houston Texans and the Texans will be like wow we kind of need Deshaun Watson because we're not a very good football team and I think they'll come in unprepared and I think they'll be a very very bad football team and then they'll get their asses handed to them by Jacksonville week one game one I could be wrong um, maybe a miracle happens and maybe you know pigs fly and maybe you know unicorns will fart out gold rainbows from the sky while they're streaking across the, uh, the football field and things of that nature. Unicorns riding Pegasuses while, who are also like burping, um, burping like uh, ice cream, Bluebell ice cream, specifically the homemade vanilla. I love Bluebell ice cream. But, you know, 
Like, maybe all of that stuff happens. Maybe the Houston Texans will finally win, you know, a football may, may, not finally, but, like, will win their season opener against the Jacks. Maybe all that stuff will happen, right? Um, then they get the Browns. Then they get the Browns. Oh, wait, then they get Carolina. Not, not you know, box office, not, you know, something to write home about. But, you know, I won't even say a good football team. I think they're missing the playoffs and – it's not even going to be close. I think they may be drafting in the top 10 again this year. And is it a prime? Fuck, it is a prime time game. It is a prime time game. It's at 8 o'clock. I'm like, why are you doing this to me, NFL? 8.20, so it's probably like Sunday night football. It is a prime time game. I remember I complained about this football game because I was like, why is this here? Why is this game here? Like they want it. I think it's a Thursday night football game. I'm like, this is gonna be disastrous. I'm like, somebody please win this game super quickly. But they do have the Carolina Panthers in like week three. That's a I don't really care game whatsoever. Like I don't really care. Texans at Bills, loss. Patriots at Texans, loss. Colts in Indianapolis against the Texans in Indy, loss. Texans at Cardinals, loss. Rams at Texans, loss. Scroll down. Texans at Dolphins, loss. Tennessee versus Texans in Tennessee, loss. Jets versus Texans may be another potential win as well. But I like what Robert Sala has done this offseason. He's gotten a lot of great players for his quarterback to operate around and things of that nature. And he's really done a good job with Joe Douglas in establishing what the team wants to do offensively with Zach Wilson by getting him extra protection with Elijah Vera Tucker and also going out and getting him an absolute fantastic weapon in Elijah Moore. I like what they've done this season. I like what they've done this season. It could be a loss for the Texans. It could be a win. But, I mean, right now, I think I've only counted one win, and that's against Jacksonville. Maybe. And also maybe against the Jets. And then December 5th against the Colts. I think they get swept. Seattle is a loss December 12th. Jags December 19th. I don't think you're beating Jacksonville twice. So, I mean, I'll just, I mean, I'll just say they'll get swept by Jacksonville again. Chargers, like, I have them, them right now winning no games. Like, I have no idea how they will win games this year. Like, there's, they are a horrendous football team. And I thought about it today as I was watching David Culley give his press interview to the media. I was just like, you know what he is? He's a scapegoat, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of years down the road, in a year or two, when people are like, man, why is David Culley so bad? Maybe we should fire him. It's like... They're going to probably fire them, him, and they're probably going to bring in some Houston, not Houston, but New England Patriot guy. It may, it, like, I was thinking, like, man, like, they hired David Culley out of the blue. They didn't even try to hire Eric Bieniemy, which, I mean, fuck me sideways on a Tuesday. It's like, to me, he was the best available coaching candidate. Didn't pick his ass up, but for some stupid reason, they got David Culley, and his draft is terrible, and I did not like his press conference. It was kind of corny, but... I'm very, very interested in looking at and, and seeing the Texans this year if for the only reason that I think they're going to be a train wreck, they're going to be a dumpster fire, they're going to be one of the worst teams in football, and um, I'm going to get a front row seat to it 
unfortunately, I'm not super excited about it. I am super, 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 excuse me, annoyed about it. And I then will have to sit here and watch Carolina versus the Texans. But essentially, if you're a Texans fan and if you want the Texans to be a good football team or whatever, they will not be a good football team. They will be very, very terrible. They will be garbage. They will lose a bunch of games and then... You'll be like, wow, this was a team that almost went to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago and gutted the entire roster. And now they're almost like 1 in 17 or 1 in 16, excuse me, or, or excuse me, or 0 oh, in 17 or 2 in 15 or 3 in 14 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, they're probably going to have the number one pick and they may draft another quarterback with that pick as well. It may be Spencer Rattler, it may be someone else. We'll see. I'm not really on the up and up on defensive players as well. I'm not really on the up and up on like who's a, like a potential defensive player that they can get in the in the first round. I'm not really sure. They could lie to themselves and say that I like Davis Mills. It's like, but if you have the chance to get um, Spencer Rattler as your first rounder, take Spencer Rattler as your first rounder and be like, yeah, we spent a third round pick on our backup quarterback, and don't pretend like you. Justin, and the worst thing that you can literally do is pretend like Davis Mills is your starting caliber player for like the next 10 to 15 years because he is not your starting caliber football player or quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years and things of that nature. So Texans are in a lot of trouble, but I mean, when are they not? They, they're just terrible. They, they have no sense of direction or purpose. They have no sense of structure or integrity or just straight-up intelligence. Terrible football team. Bad, bad, bad. And um, they're going to lose a lot of football games next year. But what else is new? They lost a lot of football games last year. It's why the Dolphins originally had the third overall pick, because they lost a fuck ton of football games last year. Anyways, let's take a look at the Bears' schedule. I want to open up with this, right? I want to talk about this with the Bears, right? Everybody is goo-goo and gagaing over the Bears potentially starting Justin Fields and having debates and discourse over, well, Justin Fields is obviously better than, uh, than Andy Dalton. And it's like full stop, right? This isn't about being better than Andy Dalton. This is about putting your quarterback in the best position to win, ladies and gentlemen. And let's all be fucking honest. The Bears aren't winning shit this year, so why the fuck would you just act like, like he is like, like Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow are unicorns, right? And, and Dak is a unicorn. They're guys that started week one, day one for the respective football teams. Justin didn't. He started like week two or three. But he started pretty early on in his career. And they were great. They were really, really great for rookies. In fact, Justin was like a top 10 quarterback in my opinion. And Joe probably would have been like top 12, top 15 in my opinion um, at the start of his young career. But it's like, you're playing in a hard division. You're going up against their first fucking game is against the Rams in L.A., which is going to be an away game. The Rams aren't the Chargers in the sense of being an away team. Not in an away team, excuse me, but in the sense of, like, having a um, – ha the Rams have a presence, excuse me, in L.A., in the L.A. market. In the case of, like – the Bears versus the Rams, he's going up against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey his first 
his first week of the season. What? You want to do that? You want to put him out? And I love that, like, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are like, Andy's our starting quarterback. I'm like, yes. Yes. Yes, he should. Let him be your starting quarterback for, like, six, seven, eight weeks, maybe ten weeks. And then maybe put him in, you know, back during then to, like, get your team a spark or whatever because Andy's going to suck. Or you can just be like, yeah, we'll just not do that either and we'll just bench Justin Fields for the entirety of the season because this season is essentially over with. We'll see. Bears versus Rams. I Like, no. Like, he should not ever, ever go up against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald as a rookie. You really want to, you, you really want to see Justin Fields get sacked and throw a bunch of, uh, and, and, and throw a bunch of interceptions in his first week in LA? Because I don't. Oh, and it looks like it's later on in the game, or in the season, excuse me. Not in the season, but in the day. It looks like it's on, like, Sunday or something like that. Sunday night football. It's 7.20, or 8.20, excuse me, p.m. Oop, sorry. I, like, fell out of my chair. It's, like, 8.20 at night on the 12th, so it means that it's probably Sunday night football, right? So have fun dealing with that if you're a Bears fan. But uh, I know a lot of people are like, we want to see our new quarterback. It's like, no, you don't. Not right now. Like, uh, just fucking let him learn how to play the position at the NFL level uh, before you throw his ass into the fire and get him absolutely murked by the Rams. Then you have the Bears against the Bengals, which the Bengals are a little bit more easier to, uh, to deal with than the Bears. Didn't Tevin Jenkins get drafted by the Bears, I believe, as well? Which would have been an awesome pick if they did, which I believe they did. Which is why I was like, wow, the Bears actually had a pretty good draft, right? He got drafted by the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. So, you know, they're not going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not going to be, like, horrifyingly bad at O-line. But, it, you know, they're not going to be, you know, elite. But we'll see. But, I mean, they're going to be somewhere in between. They're going to be, I think, good. But we'll, but we'll see what happens. But um, Bengals versus Bears. I think Joe Burrow is uh, like again. It depends. It depends. It depends on a lot of stuff. But I think Joe Burrow is better than Justin Fields. But I mean, let me tell you something. That third or fourth interception against the uh, the Bengals or something like that that Andy Dalton's throwing, and this will probably be his second year where he will beat or compete with the Bengals. Uh, you'll hear fans at what is it Soldier Field or Ringley Stadium or something. Isn't that where the club the Cubs pay? I, I, I don't know. I don't know Chicago stadiums names, but like you'll start to hear chants of like we want Justin, we want Justin, we want or we want Fields, we want Fields, and then the camera will start to pan to him and he'll be looking miserable because he's like I like I don't really know what to do, and then the coaches may call his name, whatever. We'll kind of see what happens, but the Bengals game is not going to be a very fun game for the Bears. Also, by the way, if I was going to start Justin, I would give him a gimme game. We'll talk about that in a couple games here but i would give him a gimme game i wouldn't give him like the fucking rams bro really gonna give him the fucking rams then they play up against the browns third week of the season no bueno this is the gimme game that i'm talking about not the browns because i think that's gonna be a very hard and difficult game for the bears but the lions the lions is a gimme game put his ass in against the lions see what he can do and also maybe you have him play like two out so if he plays badly then you start Andy Dalton or something like that and you just say hey 
we, we got some time or I, I, I don't know. They were actually the, the dolphins were actively trying to go to the playoffs. So because of that, they were like, well, we're going to, um, we're going to put in Ryan Tannehill or excuse me, Ryan Fitzpatrick in occasionally and things of that nature. And we're going to, um, to try and win football games, even if Tua isn't playing well, because we, we got to, we want to go to the playoffs. That's the objective. So Lions, for example, um, are the gimme game. They should be the gimme game. Um, the Lions, they should. The Bears should be playing against the Lions. And it's a home game against the Lions as well. We'll see what happens. So Bears at Raiders. We kind of talked about that game. We'll see what happens with Justin Fields. Then they go up against the Packers as well. Yuck. Bucks as well. Yuck. Packers and Bucks two weeks in a row. Yuck. Niners. Interesting football game. Steelers. Steelers are a box full of candy. I don't really know what I'm getting with them. Ravens as well. Kind of a weird football team. Maybe not a weird football team, but an interesting football game. And this is maybe where I would start Justin. If I didn't start him against the Lions, I would start him against the Lions again, November 25th. You have two times that you can start Justin and I would feel comfortable starting him with the Lions. And it's like, you're probably, if you're the Bears, you're not going to the playoffs this year. But Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy probably will do everything in their power to essentially make sure that they look like they are and that they will try to go to the playoffs or whatever. For me, it's done and dusted. They aren't going to the playoffs. They're a terrible football team. Those two guys are terrible, um, terrible at their jobs. But um, in my opinion, I would – I would start him against the Rams, or not the Rams, excuse me, the Lions, the second time around, November 25th. I think that's, yeah, that's the Thanksgiving game. I got a cough. <coughs> excuse me. That's the Thanksgiving game. And um, I don't know. I like I like that game for him starting. He'll then go up against the Cardinals in a little bit over a week as well. And then the Packers second time around, and it's going to be on, I believe, Sunday Night Football. And then he's going to go up against the Vikings as well. A couple weeks. Oh, yeah, they're going to play the Vikings back-to-back. Seahawks, Giants, and then I think they're going to end the season on the Vikings. I don't think the Bears are a playoff team, but I do think that the Bears have an interesting dilemma with when and where to start Jalen. Or not Jalen, but Justin. And I think that they should not start Justin anywhere that is anywhere near like the first game of the season. Anyway. Anyway, it's like stardom November 25th against the uh, the Lions. So that way, you know, you don't destroy his career and get it off to a terrible start. You know, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, that's the podcast. Um, I'll be talking about a whole bunch of other stuff kind of later on. I'm a little bit tired right now. I mean, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, so I am mucho tired out. Um, are we, again, we'll be casting two basketball games in the next couple of days. Excuse me? Next couple of days. And, um, no, four basketball games in the next couple of days. Two tomorrow, two Wednesday can't wait because we're actually going to watch football or not uh, football excuse me basketball and it's going to be playoff basketball also by the way shout out to Nickelodeon as well 
for uh, making my childhood very much bearable. But also, right, like I'm watching Danny Phantom, right? I love the Christmas, like the Christmas episodes of all of my classic TV shows and stuff like that. There's always a theme centered around it. I love the Ed, Ed, and Eddie um, uh, TV, not TV show, excuse me, the, the classic TV episode. It was awesome, and the Danny Phantom one is pretty good as well, but Ed and Eddie is literally, like, the retelling of, like, you know, Jesus and the Bible with its own twist of, like, you know, the kids from the cul-de-sac, and, ah, man, Ed and Eddie, mwah, beautiful, beautiful TV show. Oh, my God. So fantastic. Anyways, um, that's a podcast. I'm peacing out. I'm tired. I'll see you um, tomorrow for, like, more basketball, more sports more i'll probably be like yelling and stuff like that and we'll be back kind of the basics so we'll see what happens all right i'm peacing out i'm tired i'll see you tomorrow